was still crude. She could scarcely toss her head gracefully. Her hands were almost ineffectual. The feet, though small, were set flatly, and yet she was interested in her charms, quick to understand the keener pleasures of life, ambitious to gain in material things. A half-equipped little knight she was, venturing to reconnoitre the mysterious city and dreaming wild dreams of some vague, far-off supremacy which should make it prey and subject, the proper penitent groveling at a woman's slipper. That, said a voice in her ear, is one of the prettiest little resorts in Wisconsin. Is it? she answered nervously. The train was just pulling out of Waukesha. For some time she had been conscious of a man behind. She felt him observing her massive hair. He had been fidgeting, and with natural intuition she felt a certain interest growing in that quarter. Her maidenly reserve, and a certain sense of what was conventional under the circumstances, called her to forestall and deny this familiarity. But the daring and magnetism of the individual, born of past experiences and triumphs, prevailed. She answered. He leaned forward to put his elbows upon the back of her seat, and proceeded to make himself volubly agreeable. Yes, this is a great resort for Chicago people. The hotel's a swell. You are not familiar with this part of the country, are you? Oh, yes, I am, answered Carrie. That is, I live at Columbia City. I have never been through here, though. And so this is your first visit to Chicago, he observed. All the time she was conscious of certain features out of the side of her eye, flush, colorful cheeks, a light moustache, a gray fedora hat. She now turned and looked upon him in full, the instincts of self-protection and coquetry mingling confusedly in her brain. "'I didn't say that,' she said. "'Oh,' he answered, in a very pleasing way, and with an assumed air of mistake, "'I thought you did.' Here was a type of the traveling canvasser for a manufacturing house, a class which, at that time, was first being dubbed by the slang of the day drummers. He came within the meaning of a still newer term, which had sprung into general use among Americans in 1880, and which concisely expressed the thought of one whose dress or manners are calculated to elicit the admiration of susceptible young women, a masher. His suit was of a striped and crossed pattern of brown wool, new at that time, but since become familiar as a business suit. The low crotch of the vest revealed a stiff shirt-bosom of white and pink stripes. From his coat-sleeves protruded a pair of linen cuffs of the same pattern, fastened with large gold-plate buttons, set with the common yellow agates, known as cat's eyes. His fingers bore several rings, one the ever-enduring heavy seal, and from his vest dangled a neat gold watch-chain, from which was suspended the secret insignia of the Order of Elks. The whole suit was rather tight-fitting, and was finished off with heavy-soled tan shoes, highly polished, and the grey fedora hat. He was, for the order of intellect represented, attractive, and whatever he had to recommend him, you may be sure was not lost upon Carrie in this her first glance. Lest this order of individual should permanently pass, let me put down some of the most striking characteristics of his most successful manner and method. Good clothes, of course, were the first essential, 
the things without which he was nothing. A strong physical nature, actuated by a keen desire for the feminine, was the next. A mind free of any consideration of the problems or forces of the world, and actuated not by greed, but an insatiable love of variable pleasure. His method was always simple. Its principal element was daring, backed, of course, by an intense desire and admiration for the sex. Let him meet with a young woman once, and he would approach her with an air of kindly familiarity not unmixed with pleading, which would result in most cases in a tolerant acceptance. If she showed any tendency to coquetry, he would be apt to straighten her tie, or if she took up with him at all, to call her by her first name. If he visited a department store, it was to lounge familiarly over the counter and ask some leading questions.